from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Even more strange, we asked the city, well, what do you do if you have an officer who took the survey and it took them 10 times to pass it? What happened? How do you make that determination of when a chase is necessary? In the state of Washington, uh, they just fixed this. They cannot pursue a vehicle unless they witness it leaving the scene of a crime or unless somebody uh, calls an immediate threat or harm to somebody. That's it. I'm Emily Woodbury. Recent deadly high-speed police chases in the St. Louis region have brought renewed attention to the vehicle pursuit policies employed by the city and county police departments. During a -a two-and-a-half-week span this April and May, seven innocent bystanders died in crashes that occurred when suspects ran into other vehicles during these pursuits. These deaths have prompted the St. Louis City and St. Louis County NAACP branches to take action. And here with me now to discuss is St. Louis City's NAACP President Adolphus Pruitt. Mr. Pruitt, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks thanks for having me. It's a very important conversation. So you and St. Louis County NAACP President uh, John Bowman have met with the chiefs of both police departments in the city and the county to discuss their pursuit policies. What did you learn? What was most striking to you about what you learned? Well, you know, we learned that both had the same philosophy and and their policies are roughly the same. What we did learn were two significant, I think, differences. So in the city, every police officer on a monthly basis does an electronic survey uh, to test their knowledge of the pursuit policy. And if they don't pass it, they have to keep taking it until they pass. In the county, uh, you learn their pursuit policy during your initial training when you become a police officer. After that, the only time you get any additional training or uh, on the policy is when the policy changed. So in one department, they're at least testing them on a monthly basis to ensure that they uh, understand the policy and have retained it. And in the county, there's no testing, there's no follow-up. And even more strange, we, the, the city, we asked the city, well, what do you do if you have an officer who took the survey and it took them 10 times to pass it? What happens? Do you track that? What, what do you do with the data? And we haven't got an answer yet to that question. Hmm. And even with this training, this renewal of the policies, you're calling for these policies to be changed. Why and what would you like to see in place? Yeah, and, and yes, we're we calling for some changes, but the one reason we, we want to make sure that the retention of the policy is that the police officer who is on the street and decided to do a chase, that he's following the policy, he's retained the policy and is following it. But what we want to see, some of the changes we are looking for at at this stage of the game is has more to do with one that the police department has within their policy or within their management system the ability to track and make sure that officers are adhering to the policy. 
That's number one. Number two is is that those items or those things that we deem we deem to be uh, minor offenses should not result in a police chase. There was a study done uh, by the Justice Department some time ago, which basically said ninety percent of the chases uh, started with uh, either a stolen car. Uh, some sort of traffic violation or expired license plate, uh, uh, some sort of minor offense that it had they had they stopped the person, they would have wrote them a citation, but it led to a chase, and that chase led to somebody being being harmed. So we want to narrow that window in which they can they can uh, justify doing the chase. And you, I mean, a lot of the reason you're starting this work is because the families of these victims have come to you and said. Listen, these petty offenses are not worth the life of my family member. Is that's what you're hearing? Absolutely. When you when we hear from the family members, uh, and even those who have survived a, a, a accident as a result of a chase, when we hear from them, the stuff we hear is horrific. Uh, those who do survive, some of them, their lives are ruined. It's, their lives is over. And so, yes, we, that that is most definitely one. And in some cases, we lose in police officers, very good police officer. We lost in St. Louis County in uh, December, I think, of two thousand twenty, twenty one. We lost lost a very good officer out there. So, one of the things I thought was interesting was that you found that they're using those spike strips. Yeah. Um, to stop a chase. But you've actually found um, that departments that are using GPS DART systems, like the St. Anne Police Department, um, that this could be a better technology for actually apprehending. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned because St. Anne Police Department, is the chief was quoted years ago that, hey, we would chase you till your wheels fall off. So that scared the heck out of us. But they've advanced and they're using that sort of technology. There's a, there's a technology called digital siren that's being used in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and a couple of other places where if the police decide that they're going to start a pursuit, they hit a button, and it sends just like an Amber Alert out to uh, every phone within a mile radius, alerting them that, hey, there's a high-speed chase about to take place or it's taking place, be on the lookout. And so it's, it's technology like that and those advances that we want the department to incorporate, and those are some of the things we will be asking for. And this GPS chart system, I assume it's you kind of hit the car with a GPS tracking technology, and then they go to wherever they're going, and then you can apprehend. Absolutely. The it shoots okay. out and has adhesive on it. It sticks to the car, and then they don't have to worry. They know where the car is going. Uh, they're following on GPS. They know exactly where it's going and where it stops. Do you think there's money for that in the budget? Do you think the departments would be willing to buy some of this technology? Uh, um, well, you know, I think if, you, if if they measure the amount of monies and dollars they're using fighting lawsuits or losing lawsuits and balance that out against the cost of using some of these technology to avoid some of that liability, I would think that they would make the right decision and move up to that technology. You would also like the threshold for police chases to be a little bit higher. Where, how do you make that determination of when a chase is necessary or not? Do you look at the level of the crime that occurred, or how, how does that? I, 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 you know, in, in the state of Washington, uh, they just fixed this, uh, in our estimation, in March of 2021, 
uh, they passed a piece of legislation, and it goes statewide. And basically, the, the threshold is this, is that they cannot pursue a vehicle unless they witness it leaving the scene of a crime or unless somebody, that, that vehicle or the occupants in that video vehicle uh, cause the immediate threat or harm to somebody. That's it. No other reason. That's it. Either you witness them leaving a crime and you're chasing them and because you know they've they done it, or two, uh, that you have a very good idea that that person uh, uh, poses an immediate threat uh, to, to, to uh, someone's life or harm. In the weeks to come, uh, the Justice Department is the federal Justice Department will act as a mediator between you, the St. Louis County NAACP branch and the city and county police departments. And in fact, actually, one of those such one of those conversations happened yesterday. What can you tell us about uh, what you discussed in that meeting? And based on that meeting and your conversation so far, are you hopeful that change can happen? Yes. Um, uh, our conversations yesterday with the Justice Department, uh, it was a very good meeting, long meeting, but very good meeting. And uh, the outcome of that meeting, we were able to narrow down six specific areas that we think would be a part of a mediation agreement that the Justice Department would present to the police department in the, in the very near future. Uh, we uh, were very uh, uh, enlightened with the way that uh, the Justice Department responded to the issues that we brought up. Uh, they felt that uh, we didn't put anything on the table that was not realistic and that the departments could not adopt and do. And so we anticipate them reaching out to the departments uh, sometime next week uh, and begin to schedule some meetings so we can start the mediation process. And we look forward to uh, uh, a successful mediation at the end of the day. So as we told them we would like to have the thing wrapped up by the end of the month, by the end of July. We'd like to have all this wrapped up. And they feel that uh, based on uh, uh, what we presented, that that's quite possible. St. Louis City NAACP President Adolphus Pruitt, thank you so much for coming in today. No, thank you for having the conversation. This episode was produced by Avery Rogers. Audio engineering by Aaron Dorr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.